It's hard to imagine Ferndale if you haven't ever been there, or even Humboldt County. Even with modern transportation, it's a trek. Our drive from Sacramento was about five hours, and it was gorgeous. Ferndale and the surrounding areas are kind of famously inaccessible. The city of Ferndale could be found 265 miles north of San Francisco on the California coast, nestled in between the Eel River and the Pacific Ocean in the Eel River Valley. The town of 1500 boasts all the trappings of a Mediterranean climate, albeit being very windy. By 1890, several creameries were established by immigrants from Denmark and Switzerland, and the city was nicknamed Cream City. Between high tides, flooding, and perpetual fog, access to Ferndale has always remained difficult almost maybe inadvertently preserving the small town charm and the environments replete with Victorian architecture. I can tell you it's well worth the drive because you're likely not to get there by plane. On today's episode, we speak with Lawrence Dwight, a fifth generation rancher about the benefits and difficulties associated with operating in this unique and remote landscape. Dwight descended from Joseph Russ, who came to California from Maine in 1850. He was among the first of the pioneers to reach the area, establishing a prosperous ranching, butchering, shipping, banking, and general merchandise enterprises in Humboldt County. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. Uh, Lawrence Dwight. Well, the one I'm very blessed, uh, being a fifth generation, we've been through different entities uh, here on the Mazeppa Ranch, and to date now, we are in a cow-calf operation, and uh, again, I'm blessed to have my parents around, and and uh, Alicia, my wife, two daughters, and two sons. And uh, Was this the operation originally a dairy? Yeah. This uh, started back by mid-1800s and uh, was homesteaded. And at that time, everybody was here to raise families, do what they had to do, and then over time got into the dairy business. And that was uh, late 1800s to mid-1930s, 40s. And then after that, from the 40s to the 70s, it was predominantly sheep out here with a handful of beef cattle running around. And then in the mid-70s, that's about the time the sheep industry, not just here at Mazeppa, but in the county, do the economics and to predators, be it uh, eagles, coyotes came in and predominantly wiped out the sheep industry. And then from there on, and a lot of this ground out here along the coast, not just with our family, but yeah, we've all have uh, switched over to uh, beef cattle now. Uh, can you speak a little bit just about this house? Because I believe it's it's quite old and wasn't occupied for a while, and you guys are back here. Yeah, this house, uh, well, there was another home and house along out here, and that house burned down in the early 1900s, and then this house was built after that. There's been many hired men and families have been raised here and worked here for the family throughout the years. And then we just happened to come back here in November and uh, we're loving it. Are there any difficulties in it being remote in, in, in your operations? Are there benefits and difficulties? Or Yeah, no, very good question. The one that I find here for like marketing our products and stuff, we're not near a interstate. 
to be able to move our cattle up and down. So what we've done in the past on different marketing things, and as you guys were able to see the Matola Road just driving here, it's approximately nine and a half miles from the town of Ferndale here, and it's going to take you 25 minutes, if not more, to drive here. To get the right livestock haulers out here, that understand this road to pick up our calves or yearlings. Yeah, there's a unique thing. And you may have heard behind the Redwood Curtain, there's some things you got to do to even get into Humboldt County with permits to get trucks here. And especially with us up here in the hills, our season's a little bit different than a lot of places, and especially being right here along the coast and having being able to access and have a little bit of green feed almost throughout the year. And it will dry out, but we're always looking at different markets and probably one of the neatest markets we were involved in at the very beginning was with the Harris Ranch quality, beef quality assurance deal. And we were involved with them for 13 years. So our calves were leaving this ranch and being background somewhere in Nevada or down the Central Valley. Then we're able to go through the Harris Ranch program. And then we'll sell some of these calves directly off the ranch along with the yearlings. And or we're very blessed again to have a local livestock market that is about an hour and 20 minutes from here. So we're able to market our cattle that way too. Is there any specific difficulties? I know it's been it's quite beautiful as we're here right now, but being on the coast with wind and fog and in the, in the, in the work you do. Oh yeah. No, uh, that comes in any area. You, you take your pluses and minuses out here. It's ironic. We, we got the wind, we got the fog, but we got sunshine at the same time. And every other ridge from Ferndale here towards the Petrolia to the South of us, one ridge will have water and the other ridge doesn't have water. And we happen to land on a, on a ridge that doesn't have water. In speaking with other ranches, anytime we mention Humboldt County, there's always kind of like a little you know, they're a little jealous of like the grass is always greener because it's always greener over here. There's a lot uh, more precipitation. But I mean, in looking around, it looks it looks green. But in driving in, it was like, you know, Steve was saying it's short. How has the drought or the lack of precipitation affected your operations this year? I'd say right now we are at a 50 percent. I mean, we're right, right on the right on the fence, so to speak here. It could tip either way. Gordon, this coming week, we supposedly supposed have some moisture and storms coming. So the plus side is these cows, they're they're giving it 100%. We're able to have these calves drop on the ground and without that wind and fog and sun pounding on these calves, it'd be just like a snowstorm in some of the other parts of the country. This weather here lately, as far as uh, getting the calves on the ground, we're doing, we're doing very well. So back to that 50% being on the fence, we will see how it goes in the next couple of weeks. Do you think that there's, there's almost some benefits to like, I see Ferndale's being in a way preserved by accident because it's hard to get to. My belief on a lot of that is it comes down to the economics and the cost and the real estate and what it costs to live here. If you take a look at it, um, nothing like the Bay Area by any means, but the jobs that are here local, there's not that many. The costs of the houses are, they're, they're very high. So that, that's what kind of balances everything out. We do have quite a onslaught of retirees coming out of the bigger cities that want this open space, this open community, want the schools, just that kind of open area. And, and that's, that's where we're getting a drive. And that's, 
that's kind of what keeps this part of the world where it is, is the economics of it. You are, you're still on the board of the, the fair here in yes. Hobart County Fair? Yeah. How important are the fairgrounds and the events that, that occur there to Ferndale and kind of around the surrounding parts? Oh, it's it's huge. It gives opportunity back for a number of things on those grounds, from camping to having dog trials there, horse shows, flea markets, uh, antique shows, all kinds of things. And then in August, they have the county fair of 10 days. There's horse racing, there's the livestock sales. And probably the reason why I'm on that particular board is it's for the kids and uh, the youth on the, on the agriculture side, from the pigs to the sheep to the beef and dairy. That's the next generation coming up, and, and they get to learn an awful lot about it and uh, doing business, raising their own stock, and learn how, how it works. Is there one thing... Uh that I learned just by reading about the town and the area and stuff is it has like a certain amount of pride and kind of being weird. Does that sound true to you? Like I was thinking like the annual kinetic sculpture race. Do you have any experience with that? (laughs) Yes and no, I guess if you want to call it weird. Ferndale was known for a cow town. Really, that's that's what it was. And then my understanding in the 60s, uh, the arts and crafts kind of came in and those type of people. And then, yes, this Connect Sculpture Race by Hobart Brown started, I believe, in the 60s. It just took off. First, they were running it down Main Street and people came in and it was kind of a craft fair and tie-dye deal and candles and these machines that you pedaled or pushed or pulled or however and then from there it became a very very big ordeal and i think it was three or four days they'd go up in the northern part of the county into eureka or start in arcada and eureka and out at lolita and end up back in ferndale if you were to read that your that kind of description just some of the objects that these people have have come up with are pretty pretty remarkable and I think they've inspired other towns to actually pick up the event. You know, they there's other towns that are like, we're going to do it too. Yeah, I think it's all over the world, actually. I think we covered everything. Is there any, any other topics you want to talk about? I guess one I'd, I'd like to mention as, sit, as we sit here at the kitchen table and I'm looking out the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Again, I mean, being blessed to be able to have this property that is right up against the Pacific Ocean. If you look at the state of California and you run all the way from San Diego up to Oregon to Del Norte, and if you look at the, the, the properties along the state of California, there's not very many private properties left. And uh, we're one of those few uh, left. And as we look out here, this is called the False Cape. And just to the south is Cape Mendocino. So that's the furthest point right there. I mean, we're we're right on it. As you can see, when you look out there, it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're very lucky. And to the north of us, we have Bureau of Land Management. And to the south of us in the Petrolia area, there's bits and pieces along the coast that are uh, Bureau of Land Management. And it's called the Lost Coast out there. And the traffic out here, it's great. Uh, for the tourists 
industry and and you know selling backpacks you're talking about packing and getting in and it is it's very this is a very unique part of california and the people that drive through here that go out to the petrolia to experience this lost coast and we're just very lucky to be able to experience that lost coast morning day and night here so yeah, I mean, there's no, I don't know if this is true, but I, I think I read somewhere that there could and should be an airport nearby, but given the fog, they just don't bother. <laughs> yeah, that, that have been a few times I've tried to fly back into McKinleyville Arcade Airport and you circle, circle, and you go right. back to where you, where you came from and stuff. So if you look at a wind map of the United States, this is one of the windiest consistent wind not that it's blowing hard all the time but there's always a consistent wind but we had a corporation by the name of royal dutch shell that came in here came up with a contract with our family and a number of other families here but for a wind project and these were those mega turbines at the time we thought it was pretty neat it'd be another source of income we'd be able to do this but over time it was going to be a major impact, especially to this ranch. I believe we had anywhere from 12 to 18 of those mega machines that were going to be sitting here. And uh, where they put them, that's where they were going to go. But due to some economic impact reports and so forth, so on, when they started their project, the costs went up so high that they that they came to us, to the landowners, and said, we're out of here. And it's probably, we are very lucky that they left. Do you think that's almost, maybe it was due partly, at least in part, to access and getting everything up here and stuff? Or is it? Yeah, it was. It was lots, a lot of transportation stuff. Uh, how, how they get the generators in, how they get the blades up here. I mean, they were going to fly them. They are going to do this. They are going to do that on the roads. It, it, didn't, it wasn't just necessarily right up here on the Wildcat, but it was in Eureka, Fortuna, and adjacent towns of where all these pieces and parts were coming in and how they were going to get them through these towns and, and get them up here on this hill. I think one, we kind of have constant themes that we always go through um, with ranchers and ranches, one being like other farm income in that tax line. And it's just like, it is a hustle. Everybody's like, there's antennas or there's land trusts. I think it would be a lot different to drive up here with those turbines. Very much so. And yeah, no, I think a lot of different landowners, they're always looking outside the box to figure out, you know, different ways to utilize and do the best for their land. And that's what we do as a family here. We, uh, I'll say it, we got to take care of the land first before we can get anything else. Same with the trees. We do prescribed burns. We watch our numbers on, on the cattle, not just because there's a certain number. It depends what Mother Nature throws you every year. And uh, you got to adjust and go with it. And if you don't, you won't be in business. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hope it wasn't uh, too painful. Is it all right? <laughs> it was good. All right, good. We got plenty. If you'd like to see photographs of our visit, including pictures of Ferndale Victorians, Lawrence's picturesque ranch, or some of the animals, including puppies, we met along the way, visit www.calcattlecouncil.org. If there's something you'd like to hear from stories from California cattle country, you could contact me directly at ryan at calcattleman.org or leave your comments on our various social media posts. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.